everyone, and welcome to this month's Conversation with Chrissy episode. My name is Chrissy Neiser, and I'm the administrator of the Motor Vehicle Administration, and also have the honor to serve as Governor Moore's Highway Safety Representative. Today, we're talking about a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts, which is work zone safety, and the importance of making sure everybody on the roadway gets home safely, especially our highway workers. Honored to be here in the governor's reception room with Lieutenant Governor Runa Miller. Thank you so much for being here as well as your leadership on this issue. Chrissy, thank you so much for having me here. And I should say the same about you. Thank you for your leadership as administrator of the Motor Vehicle Administration. Thank you. And I know you've served as chair of the working group, but your time in transportation goes well back before that, back to Montgomery County as an engineer and the great work you've done there as well. I think our audience would love to hear just a little bit about that background. Sure. So uh, right out of college, my first job was with LA County Department of Public Works and Transportation. So it was wonderful working there. But immediately after that, I, my husband and I moved to Maryland and I worked at Montgomery County Department of Transportation. And I had the tremendous opportunity to serve the people of Montgomery County as a transportation engineer. And we were involved with many things from not only doing the planning of large capital projects and the design of them, but also construction of uh, sidewalks and bike paths and transit facilities. So you name it, my hands were in all of them in order to make our roadways safer for all users. Yeah, that's so wonderful that you bring that background here as Lieutenant Governor of Maryland. And we're fortunate that some of the roads we ride on were probably designed and, and helped with the construction by your hands. So that's Thank wonderful. Thank you. Well, it takes a lot of people to make it happen. And I was, you know, really delighted to be part of the team at Montgomery County DOT. That's wonderful. Well, speaking of the team, we also are honored to have Terry Seuss, who's Deputy Administrator at our State Highway Administration. Terry, thanks so much for being with us and for your work with the, the working group as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Um, as you said, it's near and dear to your heart, very near and dear to my heart. Um, my colleagues and, and my uh, partners are on the road every day, so something that greatly appreciate being involved in. Well, thank you. Maybe you could tell our listeners as well a little bit about your background. Interesting story coming from Canada, that experience, the difference between U.S. and, and uh, from an engineering perspective. Sure. So um, I did. I was born and raised in Canada, went to school in Canada. Um, but upon graduation from college, I, I did start here, similar to Lieutenant Governor. Um, I did uh, work with, came out of college, started with the State Highway Administration here in, in Baltimore, um, worked on planning and design um, and construction and I've been with the department for 24 years now. That's wonderful. It's great to see somebody that's worked their way up the system. You know the hard work that all of the great employees at the Highway Administration as well as the other modes of transportation do, and you now have that in your leadership role as, as Deputy Administrator. So thank you for your service. That's wonderful. So let's get started and, and dive right into the issue of work zone crashes. Um, how many crashes do we see annually? What are the kind of injuries we see? I know we had the horrific crash um, killing the six workers, but we also oftentimes see um, injuries and fatalities for individuals driving through work zones too. So maybe we could describe that a little bit. Annually, we see about 1,100 um, work zone crashes on, our, on the state system every year. So that's about three per day. Um, many times those are, are more minor accident or crashes. Um, however, uh, they can easily result in harm because our workers are very close um, to the vehicles. Um, and we did have the, the fatal crash last March. 
um, where six workers were, were killed and we had a, another uh, fatality of a roadway worker on our system last year. Um, many times though, the people injured um, or killed in those crashes are the drivers themselves. So many people are at harm um, in work zone crashes and crashes along our network um, all the time. And we you know, really encourage um, drivers to slow down, pay attention, um, and, and move over is another law that we have um, in Maryland. We, uh, drivers are to, if they see some a vehicle or a work zone on the side of the road are to slow, slow down and move over if possible. So we, you know, just try and remind people all the time um, to be aware of, of the things on the roadway, protect their own safety and protect those around them. I'm so glad you mentioned the move over law. I was uh, driving down to film this podcast and saw an SHA truck with its lights on on the side of the roadway and cars were just whizzing by. It was very few that actually moved over. So great reminder. And it's not just the safety of the work zone workers, as you say, it's for your own safety as a driver as well. Absolutely. It's an important reminder. And you know, Chrissy, um, you, what was just mentioned is the move over law. You'd be surprised how many individuals are not aware that there's even a law that says that if you do see a uh, vehicle on the side of the road, if you see a police vehicle, EMS, whatever it may be, that you should slow down, move over to the next lane safely to give more space for that vehicle that is there on the shoulder. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think education plays such a significant role in creating more safer drivers. It's about putting that message out there. Do you know what the move over law mm -hmm. is? Here's what it is. And keep re-emphasizing that because a lot of drivers don't know about it. I agree. And I sometimes get the question, well, if I can't safely move over, yeah. how much should I slow down? Well, the answer is 10 miles or more to make right. that a safe condition. And I don't think a lot of people are aware about that. They think they just, oh, I'll take my foot off the gas. No, you need to significantly slow your vehicle down That's right. to make it a safe environment if you can't get over. But that is obviously sure. always the first choice. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Miller, if you could talk a little bit about the goals of the working group in particular. I know you were, and the governor certainly um, felt that tragedy as we all did and wanted to try to make a difference. If you could talk about the why behind it and, and sure. the goals. Well, first off, I want to say that it was such an honor to work with the both of you leading the, uh, the subcommittee groups in this work zone uh, uh, efforts. Um, you know, Terry talked a little bit earlier that on average, there are three crashes on Maryland state roadways, right? We know on any given day, there's over 1,000 construction workers mm -hmm. along our state roadways at 300 different work zones. So it's not a matter of if a crash is gonna happen, it's a matter of when it's gonna happen. And as Terry also alluded to earlier, we lost six individuals in that one accident in March 22nd of 2023, tragic. Two of the um, you know, work zone workers there were father and son, two were brothers, uh, one was a mom, one was a son. It's awful, these aren't just statistics. These are individuals, hardworking men and women who get out each and every single day and work on our infrastructure and they put themselves in harm's way every single day. That's the why behind this, right? Because Governor Moore and I and our administration through all of you 
Our number one priority is to make sure Marylanders are safe in every way possible. And that's why this work zone safety work group was so important. Immediately after the incident on March 22nd, Governor Moore said, let us create a group. And, you know, and I'm honored that he led, allowed me to be the chair of this work group to talk about what can we do to make work zones safer, not just for the construction workers, but as you indicated, the drivers that are, you know, going along these areas. That's why, you know, uh, we were able to do this and create the efforts of bringing everybody, all the stakeholders, to the table, right? From the construction workers, mm -hmm. to law enforcement, to EMS, to highway engineers, mm -hmm. industry leaders, union workers, everybody was there at the table, sharing their concerns and the solutions. Because Governor Moore and I believe those closest to the challenge are closest to the solution. And I think we came up with a really well-working product that is gonna make our roads safer. It is so important to remind everybody these aren't just numbers and they're individuals who are lost to their community and their family and they're never the same again no matter how much time passes by and so so inspiring and to have everybody at the table as you said in that collaborative way with our law enforcement officers and our roadway workers who see it firsthand and could communicate the experiences they had personally had and some of them very scary experiences that they shared. Um, I think that was one of the, the wonderful highlights of the working group that you and the governor put together. Talking about the working group a little bit, it did focus on two specific things. Of course, our roadway operations as well as education, which you touched on, each of those being you know, an important piece of the puzzle of solving this and bringing the crashes down. I know we talked a lot about culture and the culture of safety. And I wonder if you want to highlight that for a minute. You know, back in the day, you'd let somebody in, they might wave, you know, to say thank you. It's that kind of idea of how do we get back to acknowledging people on the roadway, considering their safety going forward. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Chrissy. Yes, back in the day, people were um, much kinder on the roadways. And uh, it seems like nowadays people are in a rush to get where they need to. And I understand there's a lot of pressures that didn't exist in the past that do exist now. But nevertheless, um, the point of the work group, as you stated, is really to bring a culture change. So we know to bring a culture change, it's going to require three different efforts, education, engineering, and enforcement. So a good example of that is seatbelts. 35 years ago, seatbelts uh, looked a lot different than they do right now. And it took education, right? There was a lot of public safety announcements made along you know, the importance of putting on your seatbelt. It was either click it or ticket, yeah. right? Engineering. Now they design cars that if you don't put on your seatbelt immediately after starting the vehicle, you'll get an alert, a ding, ding, ding noise. That can be a little annoying, but you know immediately, hey, I didn't put my seatbelt on, so you put it on. And it took enforcement, right? Laws that required us to be you know, stronger about what happens if you don't put your seatbelt on. What kind of dangers are you not only putting yourself in, but other drivers along the roadway as well? And that is exactly the type of culture change that we'd like to bring to our work zones to make sure individuals are fully aware that when they're driving along work zones to be on high alert, don't be distracted, 
course, don't be impaired. Don't do aggressive driving. Don't be speeding, right? And we also need to make sure that we have the enforcement. And that is what this particular work group is doing. How can we strengthen enforcement that we can talk about a little later? And also engineering. Look, when you get there along the roadways, work zones, they can make those work zones safer through the greatest, you know, latest technology um, in making reflective gear. So lots of different things that they can, that they can do themselves to make the work zones safer, not just for the workers, but also the roadway users. Yeah, I love how you touch on those, what we call the three E's of highway yeah. safety, um, because it is so important. I think sometimes people see problems like this and think it's too difficult to solve. It's too big, right? But by bringing everything together, we can, each of us can, make a difference and bring down those fatality numbers, which is what we all want. It's all Absolutely. our goal. So you touched a little bit on some of the recommendations, and we know that some of them we can implement administratively. So we've talked about our driver education manual. How are we educating our new drivers? Are we making sure that they're aware of the importance of work zones, not doing the things you mentioned, distracted driving, speeding, obviously, um, and also just making sure they're aware of move over laws, making sure they're aware of green lights that um, are fairly new technology that are on some of our um, highway trucks. And that's because that's a more visible light color, right? For, for visibility. So um, all of those things are so important for our new drivers, but we also have to educate our existing drivers too, because they might have gotten into some bad habits. So that's an important component. We'll talk more about some of our educational campaigns, but working with the State Department of Education in particular, getting kids involved, they're always a great way to change behavior of parents or, or other older adults who they influence. And also looking at increasing the speed camera deployment throughout the state, You know, looking at other areas, because I think one key takeaway I took from the working group is that you know, work zones are not just these large engineering efforts that we see maybe along our major highways, uh, which are months and even sometimes years we get very familiar with. But there are highway workers every day out there, um, maybe with smaller work zones, maybe doing maintenance. Things are equally as important, and we need to respect that as a work zone, too. I think that's important for our message. Can, Terry, can you speak a little bit from that worker perspective about um, how you can drive change through the workers themselves in addition to the work that we're doing with drivers. Sure, thank you. So um, I think it's sim it's similar to the, the work we're doing with drivers, right? We wanna educate people. We want to ensure that we consistently implement um, our work zones so that they're communicating with drivers and drivers know what to expect. So as you mentioned, there are a thousand workers on the road nearly every day, 300 work zones. We want that to look fairly similar to any driver approaching it so that they know what to expect. Um, so that's our team, making sure that they're doing the fundamentals correctly. Um, so going back to our training, make sure we're having daily talks about it so people, the workers who accept that risk every day going out there don't become complacent accepting that risk and they always remain on high alert as well mm -hmm. um, so that they're, they, um, can think about what what might happen and how to prevent that. Um, additionally, you know, making sure that we're looking into the newest technologies um, and some of the, the um, innovations that we have, such as the automated flagger, um, which we have um, two systems now we can use in Maryland, um, takes that purse, that flagger off of the roadway and reduces the human exposure to that. So they can operate that at a more remote location um, and just takes that 
human vehicle um, hazard uh, away from the, the situation. So constantly looking at those innovations, constantly discussing with our teams what they can do differently than they might have 30 years ago. Um, and we have a lot of uh, younger people in our workforce now. So making sure um, that we're, again, looking at our training, looking at our standards, making sure that we're, we're making everyone aware um, of the importance of it and how to help protect themselves on a daily basis. That's great. That same culture change happens with our employees, right? And making sure they're aware because I know work zones can change from day to day or week to week with these larger projects. And you may have to navigate differently as a driver, but I'm sure the same is true for the construction workers that they have to look out for different things depending on the roadway pattern, how things narrow um, and where they need to position themselves to be safe. Yes. Ever changing environment, which makes it a bit tricky. Um, so I know Vision Zero is our goal in Maryland. Obviously, the only acceptable number of fatalities is zero. Um, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about some of the other things that we're doing to reach that, um, whether it's speed limits or other things that might uh, make a difference. So thank you. Um, as you mentioned, the, the only acceptable number of fatalities on a roadway is zero. Um, unfortunately, we are trending in the wrong direction. In 2023, we had over uh, 600 fatalities on Maryland roadways. Um, that's our highest since 2007, I believe. Um, so one thing we're noticing is higher speeds, not only in work zones, but in, on roads in general. So one of the things we're doing is, is looking at, at the posted speed limit and if we can lower that. Um, also following with some um, engineering practices, maybe to get for the roadway to give context clues to drivers that they would want to go slower in that section especially if there are pedestrians, uh, driveways, uh, bicycles, other hazards um, along that section of roadway. So, so we are, um, as a department, looking at lowering speed limits um, across many of our roads on the network. Um, just one, one more important step um, that can help us get to Vision Zero. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I know we're all looking at our vulnerable roadway users, our pedestrians, our bicyclists, and trying to make sure we're looking at that total picture of the roadway, not just the vehicles. And I think that's, again, an important cultural change that we all look at things inclusively and we make sure we're protecting those who are the most vulnerable, who don't have that protection, like our highway workers, like our pedestrians and bicyclists. So great to hear working in partnership with the local jurisdictions. I wonder if there are different things, you mentioned being trained in Canada. I wonder if there are um, any differences in terms of focuses there versus the US that might be interesting to hear about? Sure, so I, I grew up in Saskatchewan, um, which is a more rural um, area. So coming to Maryland is quite different with the more urban and suburban areas. But I think um, Canada in general has some innovative practices that we looked at. They, they have similar concerns, mm -hmm. I think, um, across North America with our, our roadway networks, um, getting vehicles through, but also looking at that complete street um, option of pedestrians and bicycles and transit while also having to get the larger vehicles through for deliveries and those okay. types of things. So I think there are similar challenges and, and I think you know there are certain organizations that really help us learn best practices um, for, across North America, but also with our, our European, Australian, um, international uh, groups who, who really help us learn from each other. It's great. It's such a global network at this point. We can all learn from each other right. and we move in the same the direction. Same yes, exactly. So. Exactly. And as you said, that speed, just seeing that speed, just to emphasize that point, I think that's something we saw with the pandemic. There were less mm -hmm. cars on the road and I think people got into bad habits of 
driving too fast for conditions. And then when more vehicles came back on the road, the speeds didn't diminish. So we're just seeing, as was the case with the work zone crash that was referenced in March, really just unacceptable levels of speed, unsafe for any conditions, but especially with our road workers there. Um, so an important reminder to folks, as you said, everybody's busy, but how many minutes are you really saving by driving? And if you take a life of someone else, your own life, obviously not worth it. We all know that. So great reminder there. I'd like to switch to talk about legislation, and we so appreciate your leadership in introducing the uh, Worker Protection Act this year in the General Assembly to try to make those changes that we couldn't do administratively and need the legislature's support to help make some changes that, again, are part of the puzzle to solving this issue. Yeah, no, Chrissy, I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, I always say the road to progress is always under construction, yeah, right? I love it, I love it. And in this case, providing greater safety for all users on our roadways, um, it requires a little bit more, you know, progress and what we can do to do this. And this legislation will speak to the work zone safety. So essentially, in 2009, the Maryland General Assembly passed legislation to allow for manned cameras at work zones for the very first time. Now, this was um, you know, new technology that was coming out, but it's been 15 years later. Things have changed dramatically. It's the first time back in 2009 that they were actually using speed cameras ever, right? So now what our legislation is saying is rather than just having manned uh, cameras, we'd like to have unmanned cameras, right? Technology allows us to do this more efficiently, uh, you know, in a more cost-effective way, and ability to use these cameras at far more sites than we are permitted to do right now. So that's the first piece of you know, part of the legislation to allow us to also include unmanned, automated speed enforcement cameras. Two, it also talks about how we can um, increase the penalties. Right now, the interesting thing about this is during our efforts in the work zone safety group we reached out to the public mm -hmm. we did a public survey where over 2200 individuals responded and 75 percent of them said that they would like to see fines increased during you know within work zones and 70 percent said yes we absolutely should have unmanned cameras as well mm -hmm. So we got feedback from the public and right. we're responding to that. So this feedback is what is part of the legislation that says right now, Maryland, uh, the penalties associated with speeding uh, within a work zone is $40. And that is the lowest in the nation. So what this legislation says is let's increase those fines to $290. Now people may ask why 290? Well, this is the exact amount a police officer can issue you if he if you if you get pulled over for speeding along a work zone. Same offense, just a police officer versus right. The same offense, right? And we do the similar thing for school bus, mm -hmm. right? If a police officer pulls you over and you don't stop when a school bus is stopped, you get a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. Guess what? The cameras on the school buses, same thing, two hundred and fifty dollar mm -hmm. fine. So that's what we are proposing to do is to increase the penalties that's reflective of the same thing as a police officer would be giving you the ticket. 
Should this legislation pass, we're hoping that we can do it as early as uh, June of 2024, rather than waiting a whole year uh, in order to implement it. Another thing I think the both of you can talk, you know, probably know about this uh, quite extensively, individuals and drivers tend to slow down in a work zone, not just if you have one camera, but if you put multiple speed cameras along the entire work zone. But our legislation says that you don't get multiple tickets should you be speeding through the whole zone. You only get one ticket. So we're going to be fair about the process, but the idea behind the multiple cameras there is to slow down the driver during the entire work zone and not just in one location only. So this is, you know, some of the things we're doing with the legislation. That's great. And I think it's about, and that's why the survey results came back the way they did, sending a message that this is an important violation. You know, $40, while significant in comparison to the other ones you reference, it doesn't send the right message to the public and I don't think sends the right message to our roadway workers either That's right. in terms of the importance of their life and, and their protection. So um, while nobody wants to pay a fine, the answer is don't speed through a work zone and, and you won't have to pay it. And really we have seen that. Maybe Terry could talk a little bit about that. Often when we put up these enforcement cameras, we see speeds come down, which is exactly what we want to accomplish. It's not about the revenue, it is about safety. Correct, so um, we, are, we, are, we already have the, the manned cameras, as you said. Um, we, we tend to notice people know what to look for um, in that certain vehicle um, with, with its hood up. Um, and, they, and when we, and it's signed very well, mm -hmm. there are multiple signs indicating um, that there is a, a camera um, issuing citations. So we noticed that about 99% of, of vehicles do comply with the speed. Um, but as you mentioned, they slow down, possibly for that camera. And if it's a longer work zone, a mile or more, people, the speeds just tend to inch back up. So I think that's a very important feature um, with proposed in the new bill is to have uh, multiple locations along the work zone. And another mm -hmm. thing that we are looking to pilot this year just to study and understand the technology is a point-to-point -point system. So we would have a camera at the beginning of the work zone and a camera at the end of the work zone, and they would measure that speed across that distance. We would know how, how fast that vehicle um, is going through the entire work zone. So that is um, really exciting technology that we're you know, looking into, make sure it's accurate. Um, and we can support it, but maybe something we can do in the future. So um, all of that, um, as, you, as you said, though, it's, it's about creating that safer environment, again, for drivers and for workers um, and reducing speeds throughout the entire area. I think that's so important, that entire work zone, and that's what the goal of, of that particular change is and looking at technology. I think that's great because we heard directly from both law enforcement as well as the construction workers that folks would slow down sometimes, you know, break suddenly and then all of a sudden speed up and it's those changes in speed that often cause the crash. Um, and so that's where the driver's safety also comes into play. And so looking at the work zone in its entirety, I think provides a better context, a safer environment for everybody on the roads. Yes. I know we heard some really compelling stories as part of the work zone effort. And I'm just wondering if you could talk about what it means to each of you personally to be part of the legislation and making these important changes for the state of Maryland. Chrissy, um, I think, you know, I speak to all three of us here. When you're public servants, the greatest responsibility we have really is to protect the public. 
And that's why I'm so proud of this piece of legislation that really goes at the heart of trying to protect drivers, workers, anybody that comes within the roadway vicinity, right? Pedestrians, cyclists, all users. And it doesn't stop at this. We're gonna just have to continue to look for ways that we can make it safer for all users. And um, I think that comes with, you know, being very alert about what's happening, hearing from people, right? From the public, from the workers, from drivers on how we can make it better for them. Because at the end of the day, what we want for everybody is to reach their final destination, which is their home to their loved ones safely. That's wonderful, Terry. Yeah, very well said, thank you. So um, one of my um, fellow students when I was at the University of Saskatchewan was killed in a work zone. Mm -hmm. um, it was in another state, but you, you never forget that. Um, and I've responded to scenes where, where someone was killed um, and the impacts not only to the family, but the coworkers and the people who witnessed it, they never forget that. There are people, you know, who, who tell me they, you know, they, they witnessed that in their, their first year working and it's 30 years later and they still think about it mm -hmm. um, all the time. So we, ne we never forget that and those lives are never replaced no matter what. So it, this legislation and those, the training and the education and, mm -hmm. and all of the things that we're working on, they seem like little things, but I think that adds up to the bigger uh, puzzle as it all comes together. So very honored to, to work yeah. with you and work with you, Chrissy, as well. Um, on, on this very important topic. Yeah. Thank you both for sh sharing that personal impact. I know it touches all of our hearts. We've met the victims' families, not just of this crash, but other crashes. And I don't think you can have a conversation with somebody that's been personally impacted without your heart being changed. And that's really that's what right. this is about, right? Changing behavior. Um, for me, it's the optimistic message that each and every one of us can make a difference every time we get behind the wheel of the car, whether it's buckling that seatbelt, as you said, slowing down, putting away the distractions, that's all in our control. Mm -hmm. And so each and every one of us, hopefully remembering those highway workers, remembering what we're dedicated to do every day, we can bring those numbers down to zero eventually and move back in the right direction, which is, I know, all of our goal. Right, right. You know, Governor Moore and I, we personally called every one of uh, the families that were impacted by the loss of their loved one on the March 22nd uh, crash, and it was heartbreaking to know the level of loss mm -hmm. that they're permanently gonna have for the rest of their lives. Their lives have been permanently altered as a result of this. Um, I went to several funerals, and it was, again, heartbreaking to see. But every one of them told us that they know that we can't bring their loved ones back, but they wanna make sure that others who are in similar situations don't, you know, that they get to go home to their families every single day. And as, as you said, Terry, you never forget those words and those stories that are shared with you. They stay with you permanently. And I'm really proud, again, the effort of this legislation that really uh, recognizes their pain and that we're doing something positive to bring about a change, as you said. 
Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you and Governor Moore for your leadership in this area and the highway safety area overall. It is so much appreciated, I know, by all of our Department of Transportation employees and their family members, as well as our local partners and everybody working to reach that goal of zero fatalities. And Terry, I wanna thank you as well for your leadership with the working group and everything you've done from an infrastructure perspective throughout your career of great public service, so important. Thank you both for being with me today and sharing this important message with our listeners. Thank you. And thank you everybody for joining us. So glad to have you. And I hope you learned something important today about our work zone safety efforts and how you can be a part of it. Make a difference. Help us reach zero fatalities on our roadways. Only acceptable goal. And join me next month where I look forward to interviewing our Colonel of the Maryland State Police, Roland Butler, to talk about his experience. Take care.